Okay, I have to bring this up on the podcast. I have nowhere else where I can voice this. The other day, uh, I saw just a tiny bit. I didn't watch the whole thing because I had places to be, even in my own home. I have other rooms to go into. But on TV, I just saw a little bit of the beginning of Titanic. Because Titanic at any given time, kind of like Murder, She Wrote, is always on some channel you can watch Titanic. And it was on VH1. Like, you know, they, they played like the video to... I'll be there for you by Bon Jovi and then Titanic started. But at the beginning, they find the drawing of Rose in like that safe, right? And they they go to the old lady and her granddaughter's there and the guy's there. And then the old lady reveals, that's me. She's like, that's me, ain't I a dish? And they're all like looking at like, oh, grandma. And I was thinking, if you found out that the naked lady that you're looking at is your grandmother, would you not gouge out your own eyes and not act like... I alone am thinking that their reaction... You were 100% right. Yeah, they were like, oh, grandma, that's so cool that you're in this drawing. And I'm They didn't like, want to be ageist. They were very progressive. That's no. Your, it doesn't matter. That's your grandmother. It's not just an old woman. You are looking at your grandmother. <laughs> I would have She's thrown that. myself into the sea. That was a little alarming. Ain't was that I when they were? Oh, that wasn't when they were in the submarine. They weren't on. That was they were on the boat. Yeah. yeah they <laughs> were open with, the hatch they to let all the water her. in. And yeah. she's like 112. And it wasn't just young people who had to be nice to her. Her literal grandchild is like, oh, grandma, nice. <laughs> grandma, you were a dish. <laughs> grandma, what a dish. Wow, what like a how dish. outraged you are. And that's all. I didn't like stay for the rest of Titanic. I was just, I watched it and it played in my head all day long. I was like, that's your grandmother, fool. Do not agree with her that she was a dish. Avert your eyes, go into the other room, <laughs> lose your lunch, and pray back. for forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, don't don't say that. Don't act like this is normal. <laughs> I like I, just, I like that amount of rage. I wanted to get that off my chest. Another thing that I wanted to do. Uh, Wait, was Charlotte, that the, the stupid thing or the relevant thing? That was the stupid thing. Here oh. is the relevant thing. Okay, that's like less. I thought that was the relevant thing. <laughs> well, it's not relevant to the episode. It's relevant to my life. Of course. Okay. 55 across. Three letters. Blank, a me. A me, A-M-I. One of Poirot's friends. What? 55 across. Three letters. Blank, a me. Semicolon. One of Poirot's friends. My ami? Mon ami. Was it moin? Mon ami. Mon. Okay. Got it. 26 down. Poirot confused them with wasps. That's uh, five letters. Poirot confused them with wasps. 26 down. Uh, oh, crud. I know this one, and it, it just fled. Now I know how it feels when someone asks you random questions. I know that wombats have square Goose. poop. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Quickly, I found this book at the used bookstore the other day. It is the Agatha Christie crossword puzzle book. Ooh. And it has, not for everyone, but it has a crossword puzzle for almost all of her books. There's a puzzle for each book. And this is the ABC Murders 
crossword puzzle. That's awesome because I thought, wait, this doesn't this just happen? Like this sounds really familiar. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, and uh, it has other puzzles in the back, like not just there's like scrambles, uh, there's word searches, but it's kind of coloring section I can do. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Thanks, the dots. For the first 10 books, this is from a uh, used bookstore that, like, I've donated to bookstores before, but this bookstore only takes, takes books in mint condition. They have to look brand new in order for them to take it. But this book, somebody filled out, like, the first five puzzles and then erased them. So if I hold it just to the right light, I can see the answers for, like, the first five puzzles. But oh that one I cannot make out. So some of the clues will be, like... Um, uh, clues about the book, like um, site of the A murder, or uh, he saw not a sparrow at the Torquay, Torquay Pavilion. But another one is like chased white rabbit, or another word for swelling, or a lamb's pen name. <clears throat> so some of, <laughs> some of them aren't related to the book. Another word for swelling? I don't know. I haven't got there. Floating. Uh, so welcome oh, to Don't Drink the Tea. Actually quite good. Oh, actually. I'll check. Welcome to Don't Drink the Tea, the Agatha Christie puzzle podcast in which we analyze characters' reactions to finding naked pictures of their grandma in boats. I'm Josh. I'm Zach. <laughs> I'm Charlotte. And Charlotte's we have a special selfies. guest. Before we get to our special guest, Charlotte is on a ladder holding her phone up to the sky trying to get enough service to send something. It's true. <laughs> she doesn't care about this podcast. And we have a special guest. One of our guests from last episode, Sabrina. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We wanted to have Ivy, uh, but she didn't enjoy being here, so she left. Yeah, she left us high and dry. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as we stopped recording, she immediately left the call. No words. (laughs) No words. I'm so sad. I was so looking forward to this for her. R.I.P. Ivy. I can pretend to be Ivy time to time if you like i can just be like hello in the corner <laughs> do, do you know her well enough to like know her answers to the questions and the not at all and better yet i have not even read this book myself so i'm Ooh. i'm glad we can like pitch it to you though as someone who uh has started reading agatha christie because it is one not to get too far ahead but it is one that i do recommend to people a lot and, and I'm not averse to spoilers in general. I feel like it's, it's not what happens, but like how it all works out. So. Right. <laughs> Very nice. So this book is the ABC murders that we talked about uh, next, uh, last time. This was one that I was very familiar with, I think because it's one of Chrissy's famous. And I think I had read portions of it throughout, but I, I realized, and I'd seen the movie, but I realized I'd never sat down and read the book all the way through for some reason, really? which is a weird thing for a book. Like you say that about movies a lot, but it's strange to not have read a book all the way through if it's a good book. But I just, I never had, cause I knew everything that happened in it because the TV version is so faithful to the book. Yeah, it was. But uh, wait, are you talking about the Suchet version? Oh yes. Have you watched the Malkovich? I have not. I tried to find it. Uh, turns out it's a... Prime. It's actually, is it an Amazon thing? Amazon. Ab- yep. It's because I watched thing? it. Okay. So we need to talk about that. I watched the trailer 
like eight times because that's all I can get on YouTube and formed a very definite opinion. But I would much rather know what your opinion was. I have rage to match my Titanic uh, rage about old naked old ladies and my uh, the reveal of the one-armed man at the finish at the end of Unfinished Portrait and Sally Field finding out that Robin Williams is Mrs. Doubtfire rage. The they whole all, time. The whole time. It has a the whole time moment. Okay. So, so I'll, I'll discuss that when we get when we get to it. We can talk about the book first. Okay. Okay. Uh, so ABC murders. Uh, Poirot gets Hastings comes back. Hastings returns in this book. Uh, Sabrina, you may I don't know if you know this from listening to any episode of this podcast, but Hastings and me have a very rocky relationship. Yeah, I, I'm well aware of your disdain for Hastings. It, it's off again, off again. <laughs> no, it's always off or on. Whichever one means I hate his guts. <laughs> so he comes back. He hasn't been in the books for a while. I thought a nice improvement because uh, I, that was one thing I liked about Death in the Clouds is that we hopped through people's heads and that Christy got to be the narrator even in between, like making jokes between the characters. Mm-hmm. But when you're in Hastings' head, Every joke is Hastings. <laughs> well, and when somebody jokes at his expense, we have to hear his reaction to it. Oh, great. <laughs> and he's such a blonde. He is such a blonde. Hey, now. You're a rock star. And he, so he comes back from Argentina, taking a break from his wife so he can, you know, go hit on other girls. And uh, he's like, <laughs> any big cases? And Poirot's like, well, I did get this letter. And what does the letter say, Charlotte? The letter is from someone who is taunting Poirot, you know, saying, oh, you're so clever. You, you love proving yourself the big detective. Uh, let's see if you can solve this. It doesn't say what kind of crime it's going to be. It just gives a right. date and a location, and it is signed ABC. Right. The location being Andover. So Poirot goes to Jap, and Jap, uh, who is the reoccurring uh, chief inspector in these books, and he doesn't take it very seriously. He says, we get nutty letters like this all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they like call around Andover. The date goes by and nothing happens. Uh, later that day, or is it the next day, they find out that a woman named, uh, what was her name? Asher, I think. Uh, yeah, something I, Asher. It was A. No, I believe that's one of the reindeer. <laughs> and you got Rudolph... <laughs> Yeah, Rudolph got run over. Dasher. By uh, Mrs. Asher in Andover is killed. She's a lady who who runs a shop, and there's an ABC railway guide uh, laying by the body. And so Poirot obviously thinks this is what I was taunted about. Not a mm-hmm. whole lot of people take it seriously yet, even though the railway yeah. guide is there. Uh, but Poirot is already like, this is what that letter was talking about. That and that's how it all starts. Right. And so that is the, uh, the format of the book without like revealing like every little detail about it is that this starts, uh, he gets another letter that's B. And after the B crime, a girl named Betty, I always forget their names, Betty Bernard or something like that. Yes. Is a young girl who's killed on the beach with her belt. I thought there was more alliteration that Christy like didn't hit on, but it was Betty Bernard was killed on the beach with her belt in Bexhill. So, so uh, Christy always wanted to play Clue, where all of the things yeah. <laughs> were alliterated. And that's when people start taking it seriously, because it's the ob- and there was a railway guy next to her. Like the one in Andover, they were like, "Oh yeah, maybe 
there was one in the shop because it's a railway guy. But when it's laying next to the body on the beach, they're like, you know, this is obviously the work of the same person who sent Mm -hmm. uh, him the letters. See, I'm just so sad that Ivy isn't here because from listening to Sabrina's (laughs) podcast, which is... Oh, uh, don't tell me things I already know. (laughs) Oh, that sounds good. That's it's the excellent. podcast that we uh, cross promote with, right? Like yeah. every now and then we jump back and have equal guest stars too. E- equal, <laughs> totally equal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, this works out now because you, we've had one episode with just Charlotte. Now you have one episode with just me. So it's <laughs> not quite equal because me and Zach no, are only Venom. You guys. It's yeah, but you guys are one unit though. So, right, so Ivy's been true. on this, so we need to be on yours and all will be fair and we can cancel both. And to nice, I got stuff to do. (laughs) (laughs) And both of you have to have both of you to equal me. Like, what were you gonna say? Uh, No, I'm just shy. (laughs) 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 So yeah, yeah, Ivy just. Ivy just knows so much truth about serial killers, which is essentially what this book is about. And it like and Ivy's mom, which we should have asked her to be on as well, will tell you number one rule of serial killers is they always have three names. Yep. Oh. Yep. <laughs> they have three first names as their first yeah in this book yeah. <laughs> or they're always referred to in that way because right. I guess everybody has three names, but they're always da 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 da. That's how it's always. I'm been. sad she's not here too, but we can try to make the best of it. I'll do what I can, Josh. Uh, So the really cool thing that I think makes this book so unique is that throughout the book, we keep going outside of Hastings' narrative, which is already a blessing, no matter where we're going. We go to a (laughs) raccoon pulling garbage out of a dumpster, and it's like, oh, this is like poetry. And uh, we go to a man named, three names, Alexander Bonaparte Cust. Yeah. Tell us a little about him, the, what we know, at least throughout the story. Tell, give Sabrina a little pitch on Alexander Bonaparte Cust. <laughs> so he is a army N, an army veteran, and he is a door-to-door salesman. And he's... Stockings. Yes, he sells silk stockings. And he's often referred to as a little shabby looking. He wears glasses. He kind of stoops over. And he's always referred to as one of those men you really don't take notice of. Right. Sounds so, like a killer to me. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I remember so clearly, and I was really looking forward to talking to Ivy about this. So we'll just have to have her back and she'll have to tell us, fill in all of everything that she feels about it. She really ruined your life. I remember reading this book for the first time and at this, it wasn't the first Christie that I read. I think Ivy said it was the first one she had read, but so I had, it gotten to the point where I didn't, you know, you don't trust Christie. You don't know what she's going to do because she's betrayed you so many times. Like it's been the narrator. It's been everybody. It's been nobody. She's right. done all these things. So in this one, I thought, Oh, there's no way she's going to tell you in like what, chapter oh, what chapter does he first appear super early like two or three because it says not from captain hasty's yeah so it's like it's see the chapters aren't long so is this a, a chapter two but yeah, his segments are very brief they're like two or three pages like after a long chapter yes yes yeah, so, yeah, so chapter two is where you first meet 
mm-hmm. Alexander Bonaparte cuss. And so I thought, oh, there's no way that, you know, she's introducing this right away and it, making the solution so easy. Like, it's obvious that, but then halfway through that book, three quarters of the way through that book, I was like, oh, wow, she really did. Like, this is like, the solution is so clear. You just, but you're going to, you know, find out the reason why, like behind it. And then, uh, this is just one of my favorite devices. Oh yeah. I love this book so much. <laughs> so we go over to Bonaparte, Alexander Bonaparte cuz and you know everyone around him that interacts with him is like seeing how off he is. There's this really well-written scene where he's in a library or or something. He's near it's in the library in the movie version. I'm not sure where they're in the book. Yeah, I was going to talk about that too. <laughs> oh, talk about that you can this, I think the scene is like perfect. And the, all of his scenes are so short. She does it so well. Oh my goodness. It was amazing. So yeah, in the novel, it was just, they were sitting in like a bus shelter or something. Mm. And um, there was a young guy reading a newspaper and he's like, oh, you never know who's crazy. You never know who could be a homicidal maniac. Um, reading about know, the people- ABC killer in the, right. in the yeah, he's like, you, people come back from the war and they're off their head. And the guy starts laughing really creepily. And he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize. Were you in the war? And he's like, yes. And it did mess me up a little bit. Thanks <laughs> for bringing it up. And, but in, yeah, they, they translated that in the, um, the Suchet version. They made it that they were in a library and they whisper the whole time. Yeah. It is incredible. Oh, it's so good. I'm so glad that you picked up on that. And they, the actor who plays Bonaparte, Alexander, I always want to call him Bonaparte Cust. Alexander <laughs> Bonaparte Cust does such a good job because you go back to him and he like creeps you out. Just, you could tell he's a little off, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like that guy that you don't know why, but you always have a vibe that he's just not someone you trust. Mm-hmm. And the more time you spend with him, you're like, oh, I, you trust him less and less. And you hear he's at these same places that all of these crimes are being committed. Mm-hmm. but it's somewhere inside there's this tiny bit of sympathy and you're not sure why yeah the guy who did, and I, yeah yeah he did an excellent job and i can't remember his name right now um but he was he played in something else where he was uh an odd sort of character and he just did an excellent job but yeah really brought it to life the uh, yeah, Suchet version was very good and you know almost word for word the dialogue came like straight from the book. Very few changes were made. And that I think goes to show how strong of a book it was because it doesn't always work. You, you can't always take something, even something good straight off the page and make it visual. But this, this worked. I agree completely. Um, And so either from each crime, Poirot kind of like, there's like a person of interest or a person that gives him the, there's a person of interest for every crime. Like the first one, uh, she has like a a drunk husband who's always abusing her. They're like, oh, this guy did it. Uh, For the second crime, uh, the girl had a fiance who was really mean to her. Mm -hmm. And the third crime, it's a rich guy. Uh, his wife is sick and there's a, there's a secretary that is rumored that he's having an affair with or that the wife is super jealous of. Right. Each person gets like pulled out by Poirot. Uh, it's the secretary and the rich guy's brother, uh, the fiance and the girl's sister. Nobody from the first crime. Oh, uh, the niece, the woman's niece. They the all niece. get together and they help Poirot like 
try to tie all of these crimes together. Like we're going to help you catch ABC. And so he has kind of like this team of investigators. Yes. Yeah. Excuse me. What do they call themselves? Like a league of interested persons? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I can't remember exactly what. I didn't write that down. <laughs> Something uh, to that some, effect, yeah. With, we, and we don't have to go like into every specific part of the plot because it's not, it's one that I definitely want people to read. Oh, it's, yes. I don't know if we Highly should Highly recommended. The, yeah, we shouldn't discuss the ending. So we want Sabrina to read it. Then I will stop looking at the Wikipedia page. <laughs> I will stop halfway down. <laughs> I do want to talk about some of the things that were like interesting about this book. I don't know if you, I'll talk about some of the things that struck me funny. So there's a lot of humor in this book. Like a lot of, you talked about that with Death in the Clouds, but there's a lot of joking in this book. And there was a lot mm -hmm. of it carried over in the movie. Like Hastings comes back with this stuffed alligator from... Uh, a caiman, actually. I shot yeah, him when we were down yeah. the blah, blah, blah. And he keeps, wanting, he keeps wanting to tell this story about how he shot it. And the first time before I was like, well, the train engine, you know, these people need to get home. And Hastings like, oh, okay. Then they go back to his apartment and, and, Hast and Hastings gives him the caiman and he's like, oh, well, I thought you didn't like it at first. And Poirot was like, oh, I, I love it. It's and Hastings like, you know, I shot it down by the, and Poirot was like, here's this letter I got from a serial killer. And then later on, Poirot and Jap and Hastings are there and, and Jap's like, Hastings, you're back from your adventures in whatchamacallit. And Hastings is like, yeah, I was there and I shot this caiman. And I found a Jap said, so Poirot, what's up with you? Nobody will let him tell the story. <laughs> he can't and that was story. in the in the movie only. That was not, yeah, in not the, book. the book. But there was But it was fun. It was a great framing device. So again, yeah. not giving away the ending, but like it was super cute. And uh Jap was like uh, he was he jokes about Hastings going a little bald on the top, and uh Hastings gets like hurt about that. And then Hastings jokes uh to Poirot, like, hey, you're getting old, like he makes some joke about Poirot dying and Poirot like laughs it off. And then you jump into Hastings' head and Hastings like, I was furious with Jap. Joking <laughs> about Poirot being near death. And I'm like, Hastings, what's your problem? Let Poirot didn't care. Why are you so mad? And also Hastings has to leave <laughs> for the weekend after the first crime, after the woman is dead. And the whole time they're investigating it, he's like, you know, Poirot was really interested. But to be honest with you, I thought it was all kind of boring after the letter. I expected a little more than a, like a humble shopkeeper being knocked over the head. I'm like, a woman's dead, Hastings. <laughs> he leaves for the weekend and he comes back and the next chapter starts with, to be honest with you, I'd kind of forgotten about the letters. And I'm like, what? What did you go do that you forgot about this serial killer thing? <laughs> he's such an idiot was he written to be specifically stupid or did yeah. he just came across okay it was definitely her intent yeah okay which okay. is nice that she could stay that consistent because she never you you never ever get a lucid moment from Hastings he's an idiot. and she was so intelligent and when she would again we've talked about this before when she would write from third person perspective of other people it was all her understanding of human nature was just incredible, especially in this book. But Hastings is always an idiot, and it adds to the humor too. But like jumping over to the cussed parts, those parts so short are always perfect. Every mm -hmm. section is so well written, and then you jump back to Hastings, and he's like getting insulted about something that someone else said to somebody else, and he thinks Poirot's being an idiot because he wants to stop a serial killer. 
there was uh, one thing that happened, one little bit of dialogue where, uh, the, oh, Poirot was talking about something that somebody was wearing, something a woman was wearing. And Hastings was like, I never notice what people have on. And Poirot says, you should join a nudist colony. Yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of random, but funny. But yeah, Hastings is, he is who he is. This book also did uh, a lot of foreshadowing, or not necessarily foreshadowing, but I don't know if it was like Christie writing something down and realizing like, hey, that's a good idea. I'm going to use that. One uh-huh. thing was Jap sums up Curtin. Like he makes a joke uh-huh. about what if this happened to you, Poirot? And it is Curtin. Yep. Which is the final Christie book. And Poirot says like, this case is too complicated. What I want is a simple case. And like, Hastings is like, what is, what is a simple case? And Poirot's like, imagine there are four people uh, playing bridge and every time uh-huh. a person gets dummy, they walk away. Somebody Cards sitting in a chair over there, they get stabbed. It had to be one of the four people. And that's like two or three books away, Cards on the Table. She's literally writing the plot in a paragraph. And then she's like, you know what? That's too good to pass up. I'm going to write a book about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and it's one of her best too, I think. Like, it's not just like a, she ran out of ideas. <laughs> She's she's creating the Christie verse. Yeah, the Christie the cinematic Christie verse. Oh, we gotta talk about that later too. <laughs> so, did you want to talk? Did you have anything to talk about before we go into the movie versions? Because I know I'm gonna have a hard time letting anybody else talk because I have to talk about John Malkovich, Sarah Phelps, and uh, all of the things that have enraged me this week. Well, uh, do, do Sabrina or Zach have anything to say about anything? I'm just curious. Um, is this the first time that John Malkovich has played Poirot? Yeah. Okay, because I knew that he was in something. I couldn't remember if it was this or not. As to my knowledge, it's the first time, yeah. How about Tyrone? Does he have anything to say? Uh, Tyrone went to sleep many, <laughs> many hours It'd ago. be pretty cool if Tyrone played Poirot. Oh, yeah. Oh. What's up, man of me? <laughs> Mr. Hastings. Mr. Hastings, my, my dude. I wish the audience would know that every time Tyrone <laughs> says something, he does prayer hands. Like, <laughs> the audience can't see that every time he says that, he leans forward, he squints, and he does prayer hands. If I had a backwards hat in the room, that's what I'd have on. Uh, Tyrone is my best friend. He's so cool. Tyrone <laughs> is everyone's best friend. He, he's the guy that will like hype you up and get you to go like talk to that girl across the room right and then you look back and tyrone has broken his wrist trying to do a kickflip <laughs> <laughs> we all have that friend. he has a personal surgeon goes to him every time personal surgeon <laughs> that's so you know we're cool yeah well you've broken so many bones that you're like you have oh, a guy just call tony a guy on call that's right I-, I feel like tyrone could very easily play hastings yeah it, but it, it would be better like he would write the story better like, I oh, yeah. saw this dame, she got that red hair, she's kind of cute, you know. <laughs> think about hitting her up later. You know, I shot this alligator when I was in the gamers. <laughs> yeah. it, would be, it would be cool, though, because it would make sense that Tyrone forgot about the murder mystery because he, like, went to uh, Burning Man and came back and he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about the serial killer, man. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> But so that was I'm just sure... at the X Games. <laughs> Some mad kickflips going on there, man. He loves kickflips. That's his, that's his personality a... trait, is kickflips. <laughs> exactly. He's the human embodiment of a kickflip. 
Okay. So I'm sure you saw this in the trivia on agathachristie.com, Josh, but I had wondered about this and I'm so glad they included it because I was really curious. Like, this was such a good plot device, what she did in this book. It's just amazing. And I wondered, it was this an original idea for her? And mm. it was. It said, it is one of the earliest examples of the serial killer idea, which is now frequently in books and on screen. In fact, when Agatha Christie wrote this story, the phrase serial killer didn't even exist. Mm, wow. I thought that was just so cool. I was like, yeah. wow, that's amazing. And also not even the serial killer thing, but what she does on top of that, which we're not going to talk about. Like breaks the mold. It's the best serial killer hmm. fiction I've ever read, which is not that many that I've read. Cause that's not like, say, a, wait a minute. not a thing that interests me, but there are a lot, there is an Ellery Queen book who I compare to Christie a lot too, even though he hasn't held, uh, he hasn't uh, stayed, mo like she is still very big and you can't find Ellery mm -hmm. Queens hardly anywhere yeah. anymore, but he has uh, one There's a very, lot of issues there, yeah. Yeah, very similar around this time. And she, she does, it's phenomenal what she does with such a thing that's become cliche now, even the first right. thing is innovative. Oh my goodness, yes, exactly, I agree. So, uh, Sabrina, this is something I feel like you might know about, and it's something that just keeps, you know how sometimes things keep popping up in your field of vision and you don't, you're like, I never have seen this so before and now I'm seeing it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. popping up in your field of vision. <laughs> there's actually, there's a name for that, I forget what it is. It's yeah. called floaters and you should go to the eye doctor, no. Uh <laughs> I hate those. My I'm orange sure juice. there is. I'm yeah, sure there is a. a <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know, Sabrina, about the Axe Man of New Orleans? I've heard something about this, yeah, which was a serial killer thing, too, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. I'm unclear is, on like, the time period, though. Yeah, it was right around actually the Spanish flu pandemic, which is interesting. It was 1918, 1919. And I, it, it's so famous and I'd never heard of it until just recently. And I just keep hearing about it over and over again. Oh yeah. But it was, it was just, it was interesting because it's, it was in America and it was all often compared with Jack the Ripper and also a connection to this book. The killer wrote letters or someone wrote letters to the press and it was just a bizarre story but yeah, why why has that become such a fascination for people? You can talk about that on don't know about things we don't know things. <laughs> See, the problem is that every one. time I try to say the name of my podcast, I start to say don't drink the tea. Just <laughs> and then I'm like Freudian slip. What's what's our podcast called again? We're creating the don't universe. <laughs> yeah, now we need a third. Don't listen to this one. Don't yeah. hot tub album reviews. <laughs> What was my new podcast that I came up with? Uh, Kevin, Zach, Zach can't wait for Kevin Can Wait. Where you whisper <laughs> into the microphone about Kevin Can Wait. Can we have a, just a little sampling of that, please? Man, it was, uh, it was crazy when they killed off his, his girlfriend slash wife or whatever, and they replaced her with the, uh, the girl from uh, King of Queens. I mean, it's crazy. They had her back in the show anyway, and they had such a good... Such good chemistry, I mean. <laughs> that show could be ASMR. <laughs> I'm yes, way too close is. to that microphone. Yes, yeah, like, like soaking wet. Definitely find on shortwave. 
I'm gonna I disinfect this after the fact. I want you to make that podcast. Like, I'm just I, I, I want it. I have to I watch Cameron can wait then. That's, That's the, the issue. hard part. Yeah. yeah. There's only two seasons, I think, or two or three. <sighs> Maybe I can do it. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> just bulk release it. Just call do... off work. Watch all the Kevin can wait. That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll binge it over a weekend and it'll be like one six hour episode. <laughs> that'll, that'll be great. Oh, it's going to hit the, the stars. What Big am I time. saying? <laughs> Kevin can wait. What is it? Zach okay. is so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> I know. I'm trying not to go too long with this oh, one. No, we, man. we keep this him up too great. late on the second episodes. Man, I am rocking and rolling. We right are now. recording at three in the morning. We are wild. <laughs> Born to be. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I want to hear your rage, Josh, <clears throat> because right. I, I formed some opinion. Can I tell you the opinions that I formed from just yes, watching the trailer? Yeah. And then I can you can confirm. tell me right because I knew I would never ever get to see it. Yeah, because... I need to be in a different seated position to talk about this. So go ahead while I shift. Get your rage ready. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's got. Right, go he's got to back away. He's got to be like eight feet from the camera so that yeah. the like this, the the uh, the the wave the shock wave off of his rage won't break his screen. Exactly. <laughs> so watching the trailer repeatedly, I felt like. I was very interested to see what Rupert Grint did as uh, what Inspector Chrome or something. It was a really weird name, which is interesting because they completely cut him out of the Sue Shea version, but he's extremely yeah. important to the book. So I feel right. like, okay, that, that looked like they explored his character very well. I mm. liked, and I've seen him on something before and I can't remember what, but I liked the guy, the actor that they had playing um, the third murder victim's brother he looked like he did a good job. Mm. And then the guy who played the played Alexander Bonaparte Cust, I felt like there was a lot of potential there. I liked the way he expressed himself. I didn't feel like there was any universe where I could accept John Malkovich's Poirot. I know he's a good actor. Part of it is from watching Johnny English way too many times, because that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And his, his French accent is so bad. And he does it on purpose because he speaks French fluently. But it's so bad that all I can think about in Famous Poirot is with this horrible French accent. So even if he did a good job, I could never, ever accept it. But also, I just didn't like it. I was like, no, 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 no. This is, this is cold. This is distant. This is wrong. So those were my thoughts. And then the creepy woman who plays the landlady was like, why is she even here? Those were my thoughts. They made her way more. All right. All right. Here we go. Mark the time because it's going to be me for a while. Let me turn my volume down on my earphones. I want to start by talking about these Christie adaptations that they make. They are like modern. uh, I don't know if BBC is airing them, but they also air them on Lifetime, which is really interesting. Anyway, they are all written by the same woman, uh, which is kind of cool. Like the same woman is creating them. Her name is Sarah Phelps. And one, I, one thing she does that is cool is I read a long interview about it because a lot of people are, and I have to give the, the, like, the warning that I watch these on, they air them on Lifetime. So I watch these on TV. I've heard that she makes Christy far more mature than the books are. I watch mm-hmm. edited versions of these on TV. Just putting that out there. <laughs> uh, 
so preserving your reputation your yes, reputation right, right, right. as but for some reason they are these on lifetime even though they're not lifetimey i don't know why they have the rights to it but lifetime plays like serial killer murder mystery stuff too. i guess yeah it's just usually like a lot lighter like like i own a bakery but i also solve crimes and i'm probably one of the girls from fool house they like all have their own mystery show anyway and what she does is she takes she she claim, her big theory is that Christy hid clues in books in really subtle ways and always was like, are you paying attention? And her theory is that Christy also did that with themes of her books, would hide them in really subtle ways and would be like shouting to the reader, are you paying attention to this thing? And I agree with that to an extent. Mm-hmm. And she does a like, she did a really good job with The Pale Horse. That's a creepy book. Uh, it plays a lot with like relationships and marriage. And she does a really good job with that one. Ordeal by Innocence, she does a really good job with that one, uh, with like the family strife. She even changes the ending of that book, and I am okay with that because she does a, she does a good job with it. And there's a lot of good. Well. Uh, I like I like the book better, but she did a really good job with that. She also did it, and then there were none, which some people hate, some people dislike. I liked the edited version I watched, but it was a lot shorter. And she <laughs> did this one, and the theme that she played up on was. Um, about race obviously it's it's a modern thing and they do talk a lot about uh the english versus the like the belgian with him you know people Mm -hmm. talking about him being a foreigner and the uh the way people talk about him or treat him differently which was an undercurrent but i feel like there were other stronger undercurrents definitely that's the that's one of the ones that she plays up she played it the biggest with his with john malkovich's performance Mm mm-hmm so okay where to start where to start okay so cust is this young guy i'm just gonna start by everything in this version she's super artsy she's a really artsy writer and director she's heavy on like visions and like surrealism and there's always visions like a character is always going back to the same image and coming back and throughout the series she'll paint more of the picture till it comes so Poirot keeps going back to these people in the field in belgium and a gunshot and they're like he'll wake up and he keeps going back to that and he goes back to it and it's like haunting him and he's also playing a very old Poirot. like they talk about him dyeing his hair a little bit in the book mm-hmm. right like dyeing it black and then in the movie he dyes his goatee black i noticed that it starts to like drip a little bit and then he gets mocked for it. And he's like, Oh, I'm so old and they don't love me. And he, whatever. And everyone's so mean to him because he's old and they're like, you saw all this. Anyway. So that's, that's what they're playing up with Poirot. And he keeps going back to this flashback spoilers for ABC murders, prime version. I'm calling out the ending. Everything in this movie is so grimy and dark and not even, I'm not saying dark, like mature or like dark, like, batman i'm saying dark like someone needs to turn the lights on yes and every character is so straddled with these terrible things like like the landlady they play up her she's like this crazy drunk who's pimping her daughter out and she's in the book so much and every character like their victim families they are all have all these like complications that they're dealing with which is good but they're all so dark and depressing and miserable and like the fourth victim in the book like he just gets killed at the like the races or something and they change it it's like yeah 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 no cinema's in the movie it's the no you're right it is the cinema because they Mm -hmm. think it's at the races you're Mm -hmm. right i'm sorry right yeah 
In the movie version, they change it to the carnival and it's a ventriloquist that gets killed and he's like peeing into a bucket that he keeps in his dressing room and when he dies, he falls in the bucket so the pee goes everywhere. Like, what is, who's Joe for? And so <laughs> that was for me. That, that was, was for Zachary. Me. That, so that happened. And Cust, they really overplay Cust. Like, they talk about having epilepsy in the book uh-huh. Like he's having seizures throughout this whole series. And he is like, you know, like you said, with Cuss, like there's a little bit of sadness, but every time we go to Cuss, we are depressed. We can't stand this guy. He's a sweaty creep. And the landlady's daughter's falling in love with him. And we have to watch that happen. And it's like, what the heck? And oh my. <laughs> so Poirot keeps having these, these flashbacks. And they, they reveal the ending in such a quick like nothing way like Poirot talks to somebody else about like this is the solution he's like having a one-on-one with somebody else like this is this is what wraps the book up and they're like oh okay and then he goes and deals with the the people involved and Poirot and Cust never have a face-to-face which is that was one of the most important things the best part of the book and movie yeah So so like I'm already I'm like so exhausted there's no jokes like it's a very it's a a dark book serious book but it's very light and cozy like a Christie should but like I'm so exhausted with how miserable and dark and serious this is we get to the ending we get to the ending and one of the things is the police officer says something about Poirot being like a little suspicious because he's like there's no record of you before you came over here because he was an immigrant that's part of the books from from Belgium I saw that in the trailer yeah and I'm like why is that important it's very important in the movie version. He's a cop in the books. Like he was a cop and then he became an inspector. Would you like for me to enlighten you on Poirot's backstory in this movie? Oh, can I guess? Can, can we guess? Sure. Yes, you should. He was a military sniper. I would have loved that more. Oh, man. Does Zach have a guess? Yes. Yes. Uh, I believe that Poirot uh, was a clown. (laughs) And he got his pee. (laughs) I got fed up with juggling. Just fed up. I would have loved that too, Charlotte. What's your guess? I'm solving crimes. I I feel like uh, Poirot is the only human who has square poo and he (laughs) won't tell anyone. But he's really very happy about it because he wishes that, uh, you know, chickens would lay square eggs. And so uh, Poirot is really a wombat. He would have loved if wombats, but we did say that one other human pooped square and that was Palpatine, right? We didn't, we talked yeah. that in the first episode. Okay. What is Palpatine's first name, Sabrina? You know? Sheev. Isn't that so stupid? It's terrible. What is it? Anyway, Sheev? Sheev? Like, imagine, like, no, he, after Darth him... Vader, he's supposed to be this intimidating oh. character. He's like this <laughs> mastermind, whole Star Wars universe, so powerful. And his name is Sheev. Sheev, what's <laughs> up? No, Sheev. Yeah, he's dude. Like, I, need, I need to have such a role that no one will ever call me Sheev again. <laughs> I will kill anyone. Was, are there, like, Star Wars books where he gets, like, bullied in school for being named Sheev? No, but there should be. Well, right. him and his friends, Jimmy Neutron and Carl. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of Good Jokes. That one capped it. All right. <laughs> so remember the flashback we keep getting is the people that are like standing in this sunny field and they hear a gunshot and they go, huh. here's what happens. 
Poirot. So it's in Belgium. It's whenever the uh, troops invade Belgium, right? When they have to flee. Right before that, they come up against this church with all of their guns. And the people in the church are freaking out. You see Poirot's face and he's like, calm down, calm down. And then you see his body, his fool form, you know, his whole person. <laughs> he is the father, the preacher, the reverend of this church. He's got the collar. He's got the oh, whole thing. Uh-huh. So he goes outside and there's th- this guy comes up with a gun and Poirot's like, you are not taking our, you know, John Malkovich's French accent. You are not to be taking this church. And the soldier's like, stand down. And there's another soldier behind him who's like, stand, shoot the, shoot the preacher, shoot him. He's like, I cannot, he is the father of the Catholic. And Poirot's like, do it, come on, do it, do it. And then the other soldier shoots the soldier that won't shoot Poirot. And Poirot's like so shocked by it. He falls down and hits his head and he wakes up and the guy's dead and everybody comes out and they're like, Poirot, what'd you do? What? <laughs> I don't know. Were they were they trying to get to the people inside the church? But then after he just clonked his head. I, I, I guess they just left or maybe they did get the people. I don't know because Poirot passed out. But then they came out and they were like, yo, bro, why'd you kill this dude? I don't know what the point of any of that was. Wow. It was something about immigra- immigration and race and how badly he was treated and like the things that he carried with him that, but that they had no place in the story or his character. He was not a priest. It's, I don't, go ahead. Sabrina. It sounds interesting, but for a different character. Not yeah, a- not in this like universe. It doesn't really, it seems like a weird twist to put on his character. I am not a Christy purist. I'm fine when they change the books. This just doesn't make any sense. That's not even like an undercurrent that uh, he occasionally, occasionally talks about his religion. And again, usually that is um, from a prejudiced point of view because he was Catholic. Right. And then like everybody around him was uh, Anglican or C of E or whatever you. Or like a justice standpoint, like as like how God judges people. Yeah. Right. But it never, whenever they try to do that, when they try to make a heavy handed, like religious angle it doesn't work because they did that with the murder on the orient express suche yeah, version and it was like what's going on here but you know poirot's backstory so clearly in the books that's completely unnecessary i forgot about this too poirot at the beginning goes up to jap who was played by that square-headed guy what's his name who plays jap Sabrina, fact check me. Square-headed British guy who's in all the TV shows. I think he's in Downton Abbey. He's Doctor Who. He's in everything. He plays Jap. Let me find it. I had the cast pulled up a second ago. And the guy who is the guy. He's not on the cover of my book. This was the only copy I could get. Oh, I, I hate this so much. I feel like I shouldn't for some reason. I feel guilty about it, but I hate it. I'm not seeing anyone with a square head. Does it say who plays Jap? He's not that square-headed. He's not SpongeBob that square. Let me see. Uh, okay, here we go. It would be nice if it told me who played who. That would be nice. Right. Here we go. Okay. Uh, Kevin McNally. Who is oh, it? From Kevin McNally. He's from Oh, that's yeah. Pirates I of the love Caribbean. Him. He's his he's his buddy. So he plays Jap. Good choice too. Like I very love different. Kevin McNally. And yeah, he does have a very square head. 
oh, we know this guy. Yeah. Right. So he's Jap, right? And Poirot comes up to Jap, tells him about the letters. Jap's like, hey, don't worry about it. It's fine. Jap's like working in his garden and they are buddies. They are the most buddy Jap and Poirot like combination. And I'm living for it. Even though Poirot is like a weirdo, he's standing, and Poirot is always odd, but he's like standing in his garden, like fully dressed. And he's like standing there, like he doesn't know what to do with his arms. And he's like super serious and sad. And Jap's like, hey, it's fine. And he's like working in his garden. Jap stops what he's doing drops to his knees has a heart attack <laughs> and dies <laughs> in his first scene and then dead nothing to do with the rest of the series other than Poirot has to deal with different people in the police that don't trust him that is what it sets up they kill Jap mm. just for that moment I'm like Ooh, these guys are buddies <laughs> they're snapping and then he's like and he falls down and he's dead. And there's not much fanfare. There's like some soft music. They're at his funeral. And then, you know, the normal people die. But I don't wow. understand the choices made. <sighs> Can I just say, I think that this is, when you look at who it's aimed at, because I saw one of these adaptations. And I feel like it is for people that like are only peripherally aware of Agatha Christie. Right. And, they're, and they just are going to try to put a spin on it to make it more modern or gritty or whatever. Agreed, and yeah. Pulling people to watch it. But, yeah, yeah I, I know the tone you're talking about. We're like, everything's super dark and super horrible, and you feel gross afterwards. Yeah. And it, uh, there are a few of them that are less dark and gross, and a few of them that I think it does work for. But this one really, really was awful and bad. And yeah. Even if you and, ignore maybe... that it's serious and dark, even just the decisions <laughs> they made are awful. Yeah. Maybe if, though, something good will come from it, like, people will explore the books because right. of it. But it, that that is really sad, especially with this book in particular, because it's so fresh. It's so original. It's, it's good. It was good for its right. time. It's even still very good now. It's a shame to mess with that. And, and again, like you said, don't be a purist. It doesn't have to follow exactly. And the Suchet right. version was very good. They had good people playing the characters. But they, you know, they did kind of make it a little bit lighter than it needed to be. The subject matter could lend to it being a little bit more suspenseful. because little pretty, Kenneth Branagh-y, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, but still with style. Still with gloss. Yeah. Exactly. Um, because colorful and yeah i think rana would do a good job of it he would well i just that just reminds me i just found out that there's a trailer out for death on the nile oh we gotta talk about that for this episode but i haven't seen it yet but i'm delighted but uh i have that did i have that on the outline i meant to put that as our next to last thing oh sorry sorry, sorry. you know you're good no that's fine that's fine i, I meant to, uh, yeah this this movie version of ABC Murders, the last thing I'll say about it, is so bad that a person, no, I'll just say who it is because it makes the story more impactful. My future mother-in-law watched this because she knew that I loved Agatha Christie so much and she was concerned about me as an individual. Because <laughs> she knows like this guy has an Agatha Christie podcast. This guy has all the, Ag let me watch one of these and see what it's about. Oh, and, and that was, was like, the one she picked? I know. And I had never seen it and I was like, and then I just watched it. None of the books are like this. Please this don't not think me. this is who I am as a human being. This it's movie was so bad. It almost ruined my reputation. 
that's how bad it is. I am interested to know though how how was John Malkovich other than like the outrageous accent? Very. Oh yeah, we did. We didn't really discuss that. It's like the thing is that the the thing is so bad that it he is the least offensive thing about it, and it's not a good thing. Like his character, like Kenneth Branagh brought a new thing to it with like the you know he ran around. He was a young Poirot. He was a likable Poirot. He He's so yeah. sad and dry and serious that and nothing new. No, it was just it was just a serious John Malkovich with a with a goatee. That but Poirot was- even wasn't that way when he was old and jaded and sad and religious. He didn't, he still was, you still have such affection for him as a character. Yeah, he was not likable. He wasn't even that quirky. He was a sad old man. And I wish he would have dropped out of a heart attack and Jack would have <laughs> solved the crime. <laughs> well, this is a turn up for the books. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do it. Let me stop gardening. <laughs> anyway, I won't, cover. I won't talk about it that much more, but I will say one th- other thing is that uh, there's an anime version of this movie that I wanted to watch with Zach, but it was really hard to find. And it's also very faithful to the book, and it has a, uh, a pet duck that helps solve the crime. I just wanted to put that out there. That lightens the mood. Yeah, John Malkovich or a pet duck. So how would you give uh, your final ranking of this book, Charlotte? The book? Yeah, not the hor- <laughs> horrific. Nightmare. Nothing to do with John Malkovich at all. He does not enter into this. I have thought about it a lot, and I was like, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go for a five. I Whoa. love this book so much, and I only have minor criticisms of it. Very small. Uh, yeah. It, not it enough. Is, and I've said this before. It is at what? Nothing. Not enough enough shootings outside a church. Oh, yes. Well, of course. I mean, we can't have it all. (laughs) So it is that high, the top two books, because it's better than Murder at the Vicarage. Mm -hmm. Is it better than Orient Express or Roger Ackroyd? For my money, it is definitely better than uh, Orient Express. But not Ackroyd. If for nothing else, just because it's a sleeper, because so few people know about it. And that was one of the things that makes me so sad that Ivy couldn't be here is that she yeah, had that such she appreciation did. for it. Yeah. But, um, and this is outside of, and then there were none, which doesn't really count because it's everybody's favorite. This is my favorite Christie. Very nice. And I'll agree with you in putting it as number two under Roger Ackroyd, because I put it above Orient Express because Orient Express is so good that it makes usually the movie ber- versions more enjoyable while ABC Murders is so good that I think the book has been better than any movie version of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm good with number two, if you're good with number two. All right. Very nice. And we hope that you uh, read it, Sabrina, and you can return and let us know what you thought of it. And don't watch the John one, or you won't trust me as a human anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it almost ruined my future. <laughs> you you will not let Josh marry your daughter. <laughs> yeah, that is you realize the stakes here. <laughs> I literally almost lost my fiance, my in-laws because of this stupid movie. I think because there was that there was that bizarre movie a while ago that was called Being John Malkovich. Yeah. Like where people like went inside his head yeah. or something. Like 
Josh could have a write a book that's like how John Malkovich ruined my life. I should beating up John Malkovich. <laughs> All right, so um, the next segment of this podcast that I've really been looking forward to is that while he's still alive with us because he's slipping away, and and I want to give him his proper credit oh, at the last segment of this podcast. Gotta keep closing. I am. <laughs> I know you need to get I'm, to bed because he's got to go party boy build a tower tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> tower. Yeah, I, I, I'm hiring you out for a job tomorrow. Uh, Zach has been promoting our podcast throughout the nation. He is going from place to place. And the way he does it, he just subtly puts our podcast into people's minds. And you, uh, you with the somber theme of ABC Murders being a miserable, uh, well, I'm thinking of the movie, of course, a miserable, sobbing, uh, utterly terrible thing to grieve about existing that movie version i think that goes very well with uh how you brighten people's lives with this with this next skit yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good so um let me just... that'd be number three i believe yeah here you go hi i'm so sorry about your uncle davis thank you for coming yes just a... it's uncle davis it seems like mm-hmm. he was here yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now he's now he's gone. Yeah. You know, he always had a thing that he said. What's he said, that? follow your light. You don't know where the darkness will come. That's really inspirational, you know? Yeah, he had dementia. <laughs> well, you know what really cheers me up when I feel bad? What? Good friendship. You know? You want to be friends with me? No. <laughs> I could really use a listening ear right now. Well, you my know therapist, <laughs> My therapist moved. I got thrown out of a cab the other day. Right. Uh-huh. Well, you know what's better? You know what's better than a listening ear? Someone you can talk to? No. Someone talking to you. Like but right not, now? not directly to you like this. But I want to talk. But I want to talk about what I'm going someone through. Someone right talking to the ether, if you will. Who? <laughs> the ether, like the universe. Oh, not like an. Not I'm like, not familiar with that term. Well, you are now. Ether. More you know. Look at that. I taught you something. Uncle Davis always taught me words. He always taught me new words. Well, Uncle Davis didn't know that word, so <laughs> must have not got around to it. <laughs> Put it in I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you, thank you. But well, I have some more family I need to see. Well, real quick. <laughs> I just want you know that if you ever feel like you want to, you know, feel connected. I do. I want of, a friend to talk with to. With a group of three friends that doesn't that include you. That sounds great. Wait. <laughs> that don't talk directly to you, but as a collective. Why would I want that? <laughs> you can listen to them, and that includes me. And my friends. I said I want to be friends with you. You want me to listen to you talk to your other friends? It's on Spotify. What? Listen, there's ads. Now. You have sponsors? <laughs> yes, we on do. On your friendships? Oh, if you don't, monetization is the key to life. I don't, Uncle Davis knew it. I, I just know want it. to talk to you. About what? <laughs> about my feelings. You know what I want to talk to you about? Don't drink the tea back at the Christie podcast, where we go through back at the Christie's works one by one. Do you like Agatha Christie? 
No, I don't know her. What's she write? She writes murder mysteries. <laughs> My uncle was murdered. That's on brand. <laughs> you can feel connected with your uncle. Once again, I recommend any of them, really. <laughs> well, is it good. funny? I could use a few laughs. It is dreadfully funny. <laughs> okay. You will laugh. You will cry. I'm crying right now. You'll cry harder. Well, okay. But you'll also laugh harder than now, which you, won't take much. You think sometime I could guest star with you? We'll see. <laughs> you have to... Are you funny? I'd like to think so. You want to hear a joke? <laughs> yeah, give me one. Give me your best. Give me, give me some stand-up. Okay, so uh, a fox uh, okay. was walking through the forest, start. and he's holding a basket of candles. There's seven, eight candles. <laughs> And they're all they're all white. Okay. And he he notices that he's that he's lost. If, well, wait. When he before that he had so uh, Spotify.com <laughs> is, uh, is where we host. We also I think we still host them on SoundCloud as well. We don't. SoundCloud is dead. <laughs> if you want to listen to bad rappers, go there. But okay. if you want to listen to awesome podcasts, go to Spotify.com forward slash Don't Drink the Tea. Not actually, just search it when you get to the website. Thank you. Again, sorry for your loss. I'm going to hit up the snack bar. Wow. So Zach's really, you know, he's been putting in the time, and I think we should. I'm smooth. Thank you for doing that for us, Zach. Oh, you're welcome. Like I said, monetization, that's the key to life. Yes. There were times when uh, Josh was actually crying in that. <laughs> I was. <laughs> uh, can we just shout out Josh's awesome improv joke telling abilities? About <laughs> the box with the candles? <laughs> Can't stop talking about that joke. He was discussing it even after we talked about that. <laughs> I was like, is this actually a real joke? Is this, is this a real thing? No, there was a, there was a card on my table that someone sent me that had a fox on it, and people just got us a bunch of candles, and they were sitting on my table. I was literally looking around my apartment, piecing together this crappy joke. <laughs> my goodness. Anywho, I, uh, I really liked, and I forgot to mention this, the tagline that Zach gave us in that first skit he did last episode where he said it's, it's nice times, good association. That's that's what our podcast is. Nice times, good association. <laughs> nice times. I get, I get flustered with words. I like that uh, that you consider that we're all still friends, at least for the purposes of advertising. <laughs> yes, until we leave the uh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as and then you're not interested in any more friends. You already have you know, three. So. I already have. Three friends. <laughs> okay, so just to wrap this uh, episode up, uh, the next episode, I'll say that now. The next book we're going to be reading on this is Murder in Mesopotamia. Oh. That's the title that rolls off the tongue. Murder in Mesopotamia. Did you have a game or no? I do. I just wanted to say that because I, I okay. forgot a lot. Okay. The game I have, I think everybody's too tired for this game, but let's give it a shot. Unless I have to exercise. <laughs> Yeah, it's just... every question I get wrong, I have to do ten push-ups. Okay, <laughs> this is low-hanging fruit. I do this often. Uh, 
this is a game that we are going to incorporate the alphabet. This is a game that I robbed from uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? It's the alphabet game. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a skit, a scenario that I'm going to place uh, three of you in. And you are also each going to be assigned a character. And you have to go through this skit oh <laughs> while go, each of your sentences start with the letter of, next letter of the alphabet. So Charlotte would okay. do A, Sabrina B, Zach C, and we would go in that, in that order because that's how you are on my screen anyway. Uh, yeah, so until you get to the end of the alphabet. I'm already sweating. Sound good? <laughs> so I'm really bad at this. If, let's see if you have a fox carrying a basket of candles improv skill. Shout out to that music in the background of that. It was really good. I want that playing at my funeral. Okay, so to start off with, uh, Charlotte, I want you to pick a number between one and ten. Three. Lovely. Oh, I'm I am giddy that you picked three. (laughs) I am giddy. (laughs) Sabrina, one to ten. Eight. Okay. Sorry. That's not fair. And Zach. Uh, six. He's like, it. pick something else. Or whichever one you right. want me to play. No, that's good. No, that, that's perfect. I said I love it. All right. So the scenario is it's a bake-off. Uh, you three sh- are chefs on Chopped who have to assemble a souffle using only different types of Pop-Tarts that you were given to, and coconut milk. Each of you are a famous chef. Charlotte, you are Guy Fieri. Oh, no! <laughs> I Sabrina, can't! You're going to Flavor Town! You are uh, Julia Child. Oh, gosh. Now, you can be Julia Child, Julia Child, or you can be Meryl Streep, Julia Child, and we will not judge here. We are very open-minded to Meryl Streep's performances here on Don't Drink the Tea. Uh, Why don't you be Dan Aykroyd's Julia Child? No, that's not what we're open. Zach, you are Paula Dean. (laughs) This is so wrong. I should be Paula Dean, and he should be Guy Fieri. That's what I love about it. I can't do Guy Fieri. I don't know Guy Fieri. Okay, just imagine you're wearing the worst Hawaiian shirt you've ever seen, and you're just raring to go to Flavortown. All right, so and that's all you need to know. It's gonna be Guy, uh, Julia, and Paula. Okay, can you remember that order? Yeah, I'm Paul Dine. All right, and try to keep that. You keep it at one sentence, and you know, try not to have it go long. Just one sentence. All right, we're gonna start Greta with, I mean, Guy with A. Go. Apple flavored, apple flavored pop tarts. I'm so pumped. And I'm allergic to apple. Crap! They should give them butter for this. I can't do anything without that butter. Donuts. I need to make donuts. Eclairs are so much better. Not a stupid child. Flavor Town's not where this lady's going. She's going right into the crock pot, right into the oven. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, good grief. I should have had F. I should have said Flavor Town. 
Oh, that I'm sorry. You started with O, not G. What? You said O. I said good grief, didn't I? You said oh, good grief. I'm sorry, oh, guy. Here. <laughs> guy, that's my name, Guy. There we go. Help, there's a fire in the kitchen. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with all these cheap uh, spinners and everything. you got to go to pauldanestore.com forward slash kitchen instruments and get your high quality kitchen instruments. Just roll with it, Paula. Just roll with it. You can go to Flavortown on any transportation, no matter how cheap. Josh, can you like hold up the sign for the letter? Because I keep getting lost. Thank you. <laughs> we don't have to be so excited, even when they're on fire. Let's just go to uh, Q. Because we're doing so badly. I really wish someone would address the fact that the kitchen is on fire. <laughs> Listen here, guy. If you don't shut your dirty mouth and start cooking, you ain't gonna be winning this competition. It's gonna be Paul Dane up number one, up high on the uh, balusters. I'll tell you that. Man, oh man, Paula, you know how much respect I have for you. Julia, you're just so amazing. And I feel like we're going to burn this kitchen down and I'll stay here and fight the flames. You go. No one has a fire extinguisher? Oh, good golly gosh. I just gave mine to a poor little orphan in the street. Pepperoni. Pepperoni will just smoke this fire. What? What? <laughs> you asked her a question. I feel like I was just in character. That's exactly what I love that so much. Like Guy Fieri, the mask split slightly, and you were you were there. What? What? <laughs> you broke character for the slightest second. A character that's not Guy Fieri. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know Guy Fieri. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, all right, I have one more. <laughs> I, I had three prepared, but I'll do one more. And we'll just do the rest of the alphabet, R to Z. Okay? Well, we didn't do Q, but. Oh, all right. man. That was a forest fire. All right. Kitchen Good fire. Lord, last one. Why this does is, sound German? <laughs> yeah, a little Scottish, a little German. All right. This next scenario is uh, a press conference is being held after the hosts of Don't Drink the Tea have released harmful advice that has had a few houses burned down in the neighborhood. Uh, Charlotte, pick a number between one and 10. There are no right ones for me. I, I can't, I don't know what my options that are. That wouldn't be, be fair worse. given the list that I have here. Oh gosh, all right, one. <laughs> no, I changed my mind, seven. All right, Sabrina? Five. Okay. And, uh, uh, Zach. Nine. You don't have them numbered? No, I have, uh, for some of them I have five, so I, like, double up. Oh, okay. <clears throat> All right. This one's easier. I'm gonna go in order of ridiculousness. <laughs> Boy. Zach is an obvious one. All right, Sabrina, you're Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Charlotte's favorite celebrity? We revealed on our earlier episode. I'm not sure if you heard. Yes, that. I do recall. 
Oh, uh, I don't Zach, remember that at all. You are Lizzo. <laughs> Charlotte. Oh no. You're the raptor on the plane from Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> yes! I can do this one! <laughs> but she can only say one word. Yes! This is the only impersonation I can yeah. ever do. <laughs> but we are past A. We're on R. Rowan. 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 All right, let's start with uh, Mick Jagger. We'll go Mick Jagger, Lizzo, the raptor from Jurassic Park 3 plane scene. Starting with R to the end of Z, we could do this. Go. Right, everybody. Now, I know that you heard some advice, but it was all bad. So stop listening. <laughs> oh, you guys missed the hand movement. He just did. So much attitude. A little bit of walk like an Egyptian in there. Just take it, Raptor. So stop listening. Wait, do I got S or T? T. Talent. <laughs> I have talents. <laughs> Unless we get this all sorted out, there's going to be a lot more houses on fire. Victory we can't achieve if we stop on listening. You're doing Paul Dean again. <laughs> you can't Let's do it. A different accent. W. Wallen. <laughs> That's it. Move on. Oh. X. X. I'm trying to think of something that starts with X. Um. Xylophone. That's all I got. Xylophones. Xylophones are the answer. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? It ain't my fault. Why? 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 <laughs> Literally in like text lingo. And let's Baby, just how you Z. feeling? That's the only language Lizzo speaks. Z now. Zalin. <laughs> Man. Oh, Very nice. So the rejected characters that we didn't get to do were. Um, Back in the chef category, uh, the one we were this close to getting was the Les Poissons chef from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> we also had Toby Keith, but that would have been a little too obvious. And I was hoping Charlotte would get Macklemore, just because that would be embarrassing for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> and we also oh, and had like me getting Lizzo wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And it would, uh, yeah, the Raptors from Jurassic Park and Lizzo. <laughs> Why? It ain't my fault. <laughs> It is so, the listeners don't get what they deserve by missing the movement he does with every, with every phrase. With his hand. She has so much attitude in her life, I right. feel. I don't know that much about Lizzo. I'll be attitude honest. and confidence, yeah, it ain't her yeah. fault. It ain't and her uh, fault. the other ones were Ty Tyrone, Grandma. The last category I had were characters from the show. So I had oh, man. Uh, Toby Keith, Tyrone, Grandma Seesaw, Ronaldo and the Raptor on the plane from Jurassic Park. <laughs> like he's our creation. Man, I could have did any of those. Oh, all of them are the me. Raptor. That's a hard. That's a hard book. Hard role. So. I could have done any of them except for the Raptor. That one Charlotte was born for. <laughs> would have been failing. Um, at what 
what was the Mick Jagger thing? I don't remember that at all. Was that was I even around for that? That's what Sabrina was doing. Yeah. No, I know, but what was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Remember when me and Josh were uh, putting in Rolling Stone songs into yeah. the episode randomly? Oh, oh. yeah. You, you weren't there for when the way I like did the pre-edit, like where I addressed the listener before the episode. I said, okay. The reason we did that that uh, bit was because you often came to the recordings dressed as Mick Jagger and singing Beast of Burden or something no, like that. I listened to that. I don't know why I don't remember that. That's so funny. I thought that that was like one of our most annoying episodes and I thought nobody would like it. And I like was talking to someone who like listens to the podcast very faithfully, one of our biggest fans. And we were discussing it. And I said like, yeah, like one of the annoying things we've done like that episode. And they went, I love that episode. That's one of my, oh my favorites. Gosh. Yeah. And I was like, yes! Something for everybody. Wow, wow. <laughs> Man. Thank oh, you so no. much. for. I, even though, like, uh, it wasn't exactly the way we planned it, I'm really glad that you were here, Sabrina. Yeah, that's you thank know, you for letting me. Even though, even though it was just you, you, you made it really fun. I muddled you... through. It was like doing it without, like, my right arm, though. <laughs> You represented very well. And I love Don't Tell Me Things I Already Know, and I look forward to it so much. Another thing I wanted to tell Ivy is that I want to legally change my name to Courtney Torpedo <laughs> since, since her episode about the Sultana. It's the like, best, isn't it? It was, oh, I loved that one. That's, I think, my second favorite. Although the one about Da Vinci was really good, too. Yeah, um, I feel like Courtney Torpedo sounds like an alias for, like, a punk singer. <laughs> or, or a secret agent yeah yeah i, I listen to her song <laughs> nice well yeah anyone who listens to this podcast go listen to sabrina and ivy's podcast don't tell me things i uh already know because me and zach are gonna be on there one day you yeah. are you are you're gonna be on there very soon i'm, I'm just writing out the schedule as we speak excellent Ooh. i mean i'm gonna come up with such Good Let facts. me pitch it a little bit for you. Did you know that they once had a prehistoric dinosaur on a commercial airline? And it even <laughs> said a single word. Alan. 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 <laughs> okay, I think uh, the way I wanted to end this episode was just to have a little piece of promotion. I'm going to play a clip for you guys of my favorite podcast that I want to promote. Zach can't wait for Kevin can wait. Let's take it away. It's crazy that um, Kevin is, you know, he, he's fine with just waiting around. You know, he can wait. Personally, I just can't every Friday night, seven o'clock Eastern, you know, standard time. I'm just... I'm just ready to go, you know. Have a good weekend, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven can wait. Heaven can wait. <laughs>